Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pleasantly Persistent Podcast, hosted by Rooted Food Sales. I will be hosting it today, Christy McGill, our VP of Sales, and with us we have Kyle Marked from Farmer's Fridge. Kyle is the executive chef for Farmer's Fridge. Kyle, welcome. Um, it would be amazing if you would share a little bit about yourself with us. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, as you said, I'm the uh, the chef at Farmer's Fridge. I've been with Farmer's Fridge for four years now. For the listeners who haven't seen us in an airport yet, we are a fresh food vending company. Uh, we do all of our manufacturing out of Chicago, um, Cicero area, right by Midway, and we ship nationally to stock I think we're up to over 600 vending units and another couple hundred points of distribution through retail. And we are growing very, very fast. It's kind of hard to keep tabs on the number of vending units we have in the ground, but uh, we'll probably be easily over a thousand by the end of the year. Um, the That's mission amazing. for Farmers Bridge has always been to create fresh food and make it as healthy as a candy bar. That is to say that we want to be as prevalent as a vending machine that's selling a Snickers. Um, but selling um, fresh, perishable, and healthful food. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, I feel this is a great time to have this because when this when this will end up posting will be right around the time of Expo West. Uh, so <laughs> lots of people traveling, and if you aren't seeing them in your airport, you're probably just not looking because I at least I see your the fridges everywhere, um, which is really I feel exciting. Like once you know to look, they show up everywhere. Yes, they do, and um, they're delicious. I I buy a variety of different things in there. Do you have a favorite? favorite personal item that's in there right now? Um, I, it's hard. I swear I don't even keep much track. We have so many different channels and planograms for how, for where things stock. So I wouldn't want to lead somebody astray on something that uh, isn't going to be there. But, um, you know, they're all my babies. I've been here for long enough that I can say that I've, that I've touched almost every recipe now in the company. So I love them all. They're all, they're all yeah, special awesome. to me. <laughs> and what, what did you do prior to Farmer's Fridge? Uh, so for, uh, seven years prior to Farmer's Fridge, I had founded a chain of fast, healthy restaurants in Southern California called Green Tomato Grill. Um, currently, uh, at three units, um, in the Orange County area and, um, also bowls, wraps, salads. We do a lot of bowls, wraps, and salads at Farmer's Fridge. So I've really been in this QSR, CPG, um, bowl, wrap salad just have more healthy not health food just healthier food um that's that's really why i joined farmer's fridge was just like our values and my values as a chef kind of aligned it's i don't focus as much on nutrition panels i'm more concerned with whole foods whole grains and vegetables which um both at green tomato and farmer's fridge is kind of how we approach creating good products yeah that's awesome so um as the chef, um, tell me a little bit about how many types of inbounds do you get from brands, products? Is that something you see get a lot of personally, or does it end up dispersing out just because there's other people on the team? We have a big company and, you know, um, we're a tech company too. People kind of approach us from a lot of different, um, pathways. Um, we used to have a actual sourcing and somewhat logistics team, that my team absorbed. So um, I do all the top of the funnel sourcing for any new product development, sometimes product reforms, but we also have our procurement team that also does some inbound stuff from existing vendors. Uh, but I generally receive all of it, um, whether it's our CEO passing over an intro that he had at you know any meeting that he's been attending uh, or just kind of cold calls. Um, I don't know, I probably feel 
five to eight per week. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm always curious, like, and it's interesting, right? Cause I think within like the QSR vending restaurant spaces of food service, it's so vast. It really, I mean, I, we are always surprised where every day we find some other, you know, three to 10 to 15 unit chain that we didn't know existed that focuses on better for you products. But I feel with the prevalence of your guys's machines and airports and things that it definitely is on everybody's radar if they're working with a, if they're a better for you brand. Yeah. I mean, we're trendy, we're cool, which means, you know, half of the people at Expo West has probably hit us up. You know, I love attending Expo West, but uh, the truth is we don't sell a ton of CPG. The The real niche for us is, you know, we're looking for, for instance, like crunchy salad toppers, but ones that are, that have a pretty clean label. And so a lot of the, um, more tried and true manufacturers of those products don't have um, as robust of a line of clean label or healthier whole grain based um, solutions for us. Um, enter somebody like Vienna Chickpeas. They're kind of a new good for you brand. And we were able to collaborate to create, you know, the right um, product to fit in our jar. Um, so healthy sprouted nut companies, a lot of these newer packaged healthy foods, the ones that are interested in food service, those are the guys I love to talk with. Uh, um, they generally pitch us like, hey, put our package in your fridge. And I'm like, actually, I'd like to put you as a subcomponent into one of our products. Yeah, I think that that's like a, a piece of food service, especially for people who come from like a retail CPG background. They're like, they're really focused oftentimes on that package piece, which is great. But the, yeah. the bulk options, right, and what people can do in that's the true, like, especially from a sales perspective for brands, like that there's massive volume movers in having more back of house menu ingredient types of items. And I mean, there's just such a massive opportunity um, to do bulk or even especially small pouched and packaged because, you know, you have to have specific vertical form sealing machines to do those really um, tiny ones, as I have learned from sourcing for many, many years. Um, but there's such a constraint in the industry on that manufacturing side for for ingredients like the real big ones have actually been calling their catalogs uh because of labor constraints and just because of a, a ton of growth in the industry so if anybody's listening to the podcast that is in like this good for you crunchy snack sector um there's a huge opportunity i think uh in food service i know i was i was just about to say i don't know if you should have said this you're gonna get inundated now with i would that. love to <laughs> yeah we want interesting want different that's interesting cool like is there anything is there anything else that you're like really sourcing right now? And you don't have to speak on that if you don't want to, but I, I'm always, you know, what, what, is, what are you looking for or what is, what are you formulating right now that you can talk about or things like that? Um, that's really, I think one of the, the biggest solutions that we're looking for is crunchy, exciting salad toppers. And those can come in the form of a value added baked good, or even just like a sprouted nut that maybe has seasoning on it. It's we're, we're pretty, open to ideas from that perspective. Uh, if you think about the jar, like it's mostly a grain and then vegetables, which we have a place to buy our grains and vegetables from. Yeah. You know, we, we know how to source those. And We've been sourcing those for a while. They're good. Yeah. <laughs> Our peppers are pretty easy to find and we put them in a lot of our products. So that that's the easy part. Um, you know, when it comes to unique sauces, um, unique, uh, you know, cup sauces and stuff like that, we do manufacture a lot ourselves, but we are starting to dip our toes and to look at, um, you know, other manufacturers that share our values um, to, to help us do Coman because we're, we're growing just exponentially. So we can't do everything. I, in I know every time I try to look up the count, it keeps growing on me. I swear yeah. last time I think it was 400 and yeah. now you said 600 and something. So that that's yeah. really exciting. I mean, the acts that 
a lot like the access to better free food now compared to what it was um even five years ago is pretty mind-blowing when it comes to traveling on the go like I've always traveled worked on green retail and you know store visits and it just where how much food you can access now in that QSR grab and go vending space is amazing it's um yeah it's really been neat to see so when you get these cold emails and they land in your inbox um uh what is going to interest you interest you in opening it or continue the conversation is it really an alignment of something you're looking for um is there some salesy tactic that you like to see whether it's a good subject line i think um somebody that shows that they did any amount of homework i mean obviously if it's not a good fit it's not a good fit to begin with but like especially if you solicited us and you don't understand what our brand values are and you didn't even do the basics to determine if we have ingredient guardrails or health guardrails like that's an immediate delete and you don't even get a kind response from me because you didn't do the effort i'm not going to put in the effort um i think anybody that takes the step to figure out what we do um i will usually give them a kind response even I, if it's not a good i have to go back and find my first email to you and see what i wrote you <laughs> but uh, uh that one was uh that was back when we had another sourcing manager. I think that was to, to one of our old people. And that was yeah. for the, um, the eggs, right? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how we got started talking about it, which is kind of funny to think about. Um, I mean, that's the thing I think when you reach out, especially in like a broker world, like we are, right. Mm -hmm. you, you take a look at some, I mean, we typically, I, I take a look at someone's menu um, in your case. Like I was really curious about like what, what you guys are putting in all, separate from the jars, right? So some of them are packaged or separate items that you had at the time. Um, but yeah, homework and showing that you know what's on someone's menu or the value alignment, I think is really important. I think it's often overlooked by people. I think they just like want to get their product in front of someone and they're they're sure it's a good fit without kind of taking some time to step backwards and go, is it actually a fit for something on their menu? Or how would how do I, even if you, if they share an idea of how they would use it and it's nothing that you would do with it, I think that shows like, hey, I thought about this. I really think that like, my granola would be amazing on your parfait that you have, you know, like otherwise it feels that people just kind of want to throw things at people and hope that it lands, which as, on your side can be really frustrating because it's not the only thing you have going on sourcing new products. Absolutely. I mean, like there's a few things that are very frustrating, which is sending things I didn't ask for. Um, you know, I run an R&D kitchen. It takes a lot to keep that managed and clean uh, on top of everything else that me and my associate R&D chef do. So um, I have one freezer. If you shipped me a 40 pound case of IQF pasta, that's going to take up a third of my freezer. So now I have to decide whether to purge and compost that much food, which I don't like to waste food. Yeah, I was gonna so say, you're, you're put really in the position of wasting. <laughs> Also, as a general thing, um, it's an immediate knock against partners of us when they don't ship with um, biodegradable packaging these days. So, I mean, when I get, you know, a massive styrofoam box, like styrofoam's not recyclable, let's not pretend. Um, we're trying to be a greener company. So I don't choose to work with vendors that have to send their samples in styrofoam. So for anybody Especially, that's- Yeah, that's a great one. Cause I think that that, like, we talk a lot about how samples arrive, right? And and all of that matters from the moment yeah. that box lands with a, a future operator, potentially like from the, whether it was smashed. Right. And then you don't have control over all those things, but I think like it really matters how they arrive. So, so you're looking at the packaging and you want it to be recyclable and or compostable or have some variation of that, which today is very easy to do. Very um, easy <laughs> and not more expensive. And 
fact, those yeah. major styrofoam things are more expensive. Plus, if you're shipping overnight, that's like 200 bucks sometimes, you know? Yeah. So you're talking about like the difference between a $2 and a $5 box. I mean, we were in D2C. We, I mean, we know a lot about- yeah. um, You know a lot about shipping things. Know a lot about shipping. I, um, I get a lot of samples and I'm always like, we're pretty green at my house. And so we're always trying to like, one, we try to have very little trash. And so the styrofoam just immediately gets my hackles up because like the yep. neighbors- they're not, they're going to see all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'd save them. I give them away. I mean, they are yeah. very reusable. Yeah. I mean, they're heavy. So um, yeah, we, we end up using them, right? Like for like road trips or we'll use them for different like storage until they wear out. But yeah. you can only do that with so many. <laughs> if you receive a couple per week, so you, run out of you were, you were on the track of pet peeves. So number one, don't send something that hasn't been requested. Number two, make sure it's in good packaging. So, you know, recyclable, compostable, even better. Um, let's let's keep going down the list. Do you have any other things that immediately frustrate you? Those are my two big ones. Um, I mean, with, with brokers especially, like I just think there's always an opportunity to identify one product that's actually a good fit. Otherwise, it's just like, you're kind of wasting my time and I will right. hold that against you in the future. Yeah. You know, like there are like, I have brokers that just rep throw so you their catalog. Yeah. They're like, and they rep so much. They're like, oh, maybe like out of this dart throw, something will hit. I'm like, you don't represent a single thing that's of interest to me. And I, and I do make note of those brokers that I'm just like, you wasted my time once and I'm not going to let you do it again. Yeah. Um, so that, that is a, a, a pretty big knock on uh, an opportunity loss too, because if I see your name in my inbox and I'm like, the last time you hit me up, I did take a meeting because I saw that you represented a lot of products and you left 12 catalogs, none of which were a brand fit for me. And I felt like it was a waste of my time. So that that's just another no-no for brokers. I, uh, the broker world, uh, well, I came from the brand side, so I'm still adjusting, right? That, I'm, yeah. I'm a, that I am a broker, but it is it is wild how, one, I think how large some some catalogs really have gotten today, yeah. right? Like the, the inability, because I don't think they, oh, they almost can't customize to you what you need because that they're just like, oh, I see the catalog. Sure, maybe something works in here for you, um, which is unfortunate, especially um, for the more emerging brand, which is typically probably the, more the type of product you're even looking for. Um, they can't really get seen in that instance, as well as you need to someone who can tell your story, right? And kind of like mm -hmm. pull that together for you. Um, okay, so back on sales, um, you, you shared your pet peeves, which is always great. I like that. Um, is there something, the homework is really what, draws your attention, right? If you feel like someone's really done their research on farmers and, you know, you feel like, okay, even if you would probably respond in that instance, even if it wasn't a fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Cause like I do, you know, um, I was, I've been a chef for the majority of my career, like the co identifying co-manufacturers and sourcing and co-packers, like that's a yeah. newer thing for me. So taking meetings is a value, even if it's not a great fit, I tend to learn something just by engaging with players in a, in a part of the industry that I had less exposure to throughout the first 15 years of my career. So um, I'm trying to think like how else people convert. I mean, persistence is definitely a part of it. If, if you haven't heard an, like a no from me, probably the third email, I will start to feel bad. So I, I don't mind people being persistent and following up but it's like it's the follow-up of hey i reached out before and then also hey like i'm following up again and i really have this one thing that i'd love to just talk with you and then if even if it's not a fit if they made the attempt to again learn about the menu know one thing that 
but could be of value to the company. I'll usually take the meeting because if they're willing to be helpful along that regard, they might also be willing just to give me a referral. And right. sometimes that's just how this this game works. Is like you're not a great fit, but you can always help yeah. somebody out. We we kind of think of it like we talked a lot with our team about being a resource, right? We may yeah. not have a product that is a fit for the operator we're building a relationship with, but ultimately the relationship, in my opinion, is what is the big value add. And whether we have a product today that's a fit or a product in a year, if we can be a value add to that operator and let them know, hey, like, because we, I mean, like you, right? We go to all the shows. We know a lot of people, seen a lot yeah. of different products, can offer recommendations. Sure. On the subject of shows, what is, um, I know I've, I'm trying to think I've seen you at several shows. So I know you do like Expo and NRA. Um, what are some of your favorite shows? Um, probably Expo West is my favorite just because I used to live in Orange County. So it was like a stone's throw from where I worked. And, you know, if you live local, you can just stock up there. I don't a couple of brokers that I knew very well, um, specifically, this was a while ago, but like Edo NTs and, and Teas Tea, like I just, I love fresh brewed tea. So I would just go there and just leave with a couple cases. Um, NRA is great. Um, more recently, we're, we've been more manufacturer focused. So recently attended PLMA, private yeah. label manufacturer. So that one was um, great. Um, again, just as, as our company grows, we've, we're at a hundred thousand square feet foot but we make like 30 40 skews it's insane like we're just wow. more of a restaurant on steroids than than a manufacturer some days and so we we really are looking for strategic partners and so it's again it's a whole kind of new uh realm for us and it's it's an exciting thing so i don't know if you have a referral for another one that would be a good fit there but we're just looking for manufacturers that are in the good for you space that yeah. are doing food service and doing fun things that's all we're looking for I think, I think, I think you're hitting the right shows. Those are the, I mean, those are the, I love Expo West. It's still my favorite show. Probably. Right. I'm very excited. I did not get to go last year because I was on maternity leave. Um, so I'm very excited to go this year. And uh, yeah, that, that's my favorite one. NRA I'd never been to. So, cause coming from the retail side, I went to NRA for the first time um, a couple years ago. And that was exciting just because, I mean, I think Expo is huge. <laughs> you go to like a show like NRA and it's mind blowing just how vast those shows are. Um, well, before we wrap up for a fun way, um, so you, you, you see a lot of products, you, you're a chef, so I'll, you probably cook at home, but you probably also buy things. Um, what is a, a very most purchased beverage and most purchased snack right now for you? Um, it, it can fall in the alcohol category or the Okay, water. so um, <laughs> I drink a lot of sparkling water, but more recently I've gotten really into hop water. Yeah. Um. I just think it's got so much room to grow, which it is right now, but I just think there's so much room for, for growth in that industry and the non-alcoholic beverage section. Uh, and, but even just, even if you do drink, I mean, I think it's just a great product. So Hoplart is by far the number Hoplark. one. I, so I have Hoplart in my fridge right now. And it's funny you say that. So my mom does not drink, um, has not drank, you know, for 30 plus years. Um, and I didn't think she, I was like, well, I wonder if she'll like Hoplark or if it'll be too, Mm -hmm. I don't know, multi brewery and she freaking loves it. Um, and I love it too. I think it's, I think it's really exciting what's happening in the non-alcoholic category. And there's a lot still there because there's a lot of people kind of just glomming onto it. And I think that it's, the innovation I think is cool, right? Like not actually making it be a replica of a gin and tonic, but something no. that's like completely yeah. new. Cause I think a lot of people don't really want, they don't really need it to be a gin and tonic or a rum and Coke. There's some great brands that are doing that. But a lot of people just want an interesting beverage to consume. 
Yeah. And I mean, in like a Michelin star restaurant, if you wanted to try like a non-alcoholic, you'll get something that is truly sippable and, 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 and cool. Like that, that's more akin to your yeah. um, cocktail. But I think for the most part, it's just drinkability. And yeah, like you're looking just for a new experience if you're in that space. And I don't know, Hoplark just like, I mean, they're launching a new product every month, the seasonality and the different flavors they're able to achieve. Amazing. So Amazing. Big, and a very, like, very fun branding. Their Instagram, like what they're yeah. doing is like, it, it is of kind shirts. of. <laughs> their bird on the skateboard is really cool. I, lo I love it. It's very brewery-esque. Like, I feel like they're yeah. kind of creating that feeling, which is fun with it. And then you yeah. have a most purchased snack. It's like you're anywhere from a chip to a bar to a. It could be anything, really. We're an Oreo house. <laughs> um, I don't know. Generally, I'm surrounded by good food yeah. all day. And I try not to purchase snacks, but I do have a kid. Cheez-Its are big for my son, mm -hmm. so that's always around. Very fun. Well, Kyle, uh, it was really great to chat with you. Thank you for joining us. Um, where should people find you if you want to be found? <laughs> Where would I be do, the best place to connect? I actually with you? do want to be found. Tag me on LinkedIn. Just start there, and then anything that shows that you've tried to learn a little bit about our brand, or if you have a product uh, uh, for us, anything that could go into a salad bowl wrap, anything that you think is cool, um, I'm very amenable to it. So, and um, everybody should find the fridges when they're traveling to all these shows that we're all about to travel to because they're everywhere. I, <laughs> yeah, I wish I could. I mean, we're in LAX, so if you're going to Expo West and not flying into John Wayne, we're, we I think we have seven units oh and download the app if you're looking for a fridge the app is the best way to find it and really cool is you can actually pre-order on your app so that whenever you land you know that your favorite thing will be waiting for you pretty cool oh, now that is cool okay yeah, i'm gonna remember reserve. that so you can reserve it so then you're not disappointed because i i it's good stuff it goes fast <laughs> it is so yeah you reserve on your phone and then right when you come up to the the kiosk you type in a number and it'll automatically then for you from your phone it's pretty sweet that's really neat well kyle thank you so much for your time it was really great to have you on here